Take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the booth. Mr. Monday's alive. You're listening to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Give me a call in the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. I want to hear from you today here on the Urban Business Roundtable. On today's show, it's all about the 40 game changers. Joining us today will be some of the game changers illustrious alumni. We have some Mr. Amiel B. Harper, founder and principal of the Morpheus Consultancy LLC, coming up around 920-ish, 925-ish. And also Mr. Rendell L. Solomon, founder of One Stock, One Future, and the creator of League of Super Women, coming up about 935. So keep it locked here uh, and be able to check out uh, our game changers uh, here on the Urban Business Roundtable. The show is called UBR. The Urban Business Roundtable is a show dedicated to the creation and growth of the urban entrepreneur and small business owner. We got three primary goals here on the Urban Business Roundtable. One, we want to redefine the word urban and help the urban community leverage their purchasing power. That's important. We don't want someone else to control our narrative. And so, again, I tell people all the time that Sometimes when you use the word urban, it has such a negative connotation in today's society. But there's a lot of purchasing power within our communities. And we want to learn how to use what we got to get what we want, how to leverage it. Um, and that's what we try to do here on UBR to teach you how to, to leverage that purchasing power. Two, to be a resource for the creation, sustaining and growth of small businesses and entrepreneurship, which is important. Again, entrepreneurship. That creativity, that ingenuity makes the world go around, makes the business, makes 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 life do its thing. And we need that. And so, again, we want to be a conduit to give people the resources they need to create new businesses, to, to think of the next thing. I had someone contact me and talk to me about an idea that they had and they wanted to run the idea by me. And I said, you know, she thought I was going to steal the idea. She said, I know you'll make it happen. So I'm leery about telling you the, about, about the idea. You don't have to be worried about sharing the idea with me and for me to steal it. If it was meant for me to do it, God would have intended me to do it. Right. So you can't control what happens from that perspective. So don't, don't, don't worry about that. And I'm not saying be foolish. <laughs> I'm not saying be foolish. You know, there are some people that we're, that really will steal your stuff, but I'm giving you my philosophical spiritual answer on that one. But I wasn't going to steal that idea. It was a great idea, but that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, be a resource to help people create and sustain. I don't like to see businesses here today and then gone tomorrow. Want you, need you to be around, especially in the African-American community because small businesses hire people and African-American business owners tend to hire people who look like us, other African-Americans, and that's very important. But also we want you to grow. My man Amiel can probably talk about that, about growth. How do you gain scale in your entrepreneurial activities? How do you grow, right? Because a lot of times you have people who who are entrepreneurs and, and, and they're solopreneurs. They're running a one man or one woman shop. And that's, that's okay. You know, that's okay. That's not, that's not a bad thing, but if you're not careful, it'll become a glorified job. And that's not what you want. You don't want a glorified job. You want a business. So we want to help you grow. And then, and then three to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their business. You can listen to the urban business Roundtable live every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And a condensed recap on Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. and Thursdays at 6.05 p.m.
like I said, today's show is all about the game changers, the 40 game changers. And you'll be hearing more from uh, us over the upcoming weeks about uh, our various alumni who are part of the game changers. I was part of the, the first class of 2008, and I'm happy to be uh, a part of that lineage and helping it move forward. Uh, you can follow me. You can follow me on social media, C Monday on Instagram, Curtis R. Monday on Facebook. You want to get up close and personal and get your financial house in order, you can call my office at 708-647-1005. That's the Curtis R. Monday Insurance Agency. Be sure to pick up the new book. The book is called The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. It's been doing pretty well. We're in our third printing of it. Not additions, but, you know, we need more copies. We're selling out. Somebody asked me, was I going to do a Black Friday sale? Um, and I said, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And it's not because I, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, a, a money-hungry cat. I just don't think that there's certain things you can put discounts on. I just think that there's a correlation between the price of something and the value of it. And I know firsthand from my own personal experience that the things and the information uh, in the book is valuable and uh, it's priced accordingly and shouldn't be discounted. And if you take it, it'd be an investment exponentially uh, that would exponentially bring back, you know, greater, greater returns to that point. We've turned the game into online. Yes. It's online. Now people, the game, I've taken the book and turn it into an in-depth eight-week online course. And at the end of the eight weeks, my students will be able to do the following. They'll have more confidence about investing in real estate. They'll be in a position to purchase their first profitable investment property. Uh, and then three, we'll be able to provide students a framework for building generational wealth. People ask me, well, man, how do you have time to do all this? I'm an entrepreneur. This is an entrepreneur show. We do the Curtis R. Money Insurance Agency. The two radio shows, C Flips, He Flips, and the Urban Business Roundtable, my own real estate investment with CRM Rental Properties. And now the game, we're teaching the course. We've got a university coming out. There are other things coming down the pipeline. But the game, again, is going online. So we'll be able to give you more confidence, help you put yourself in a position to purchase your first profitable investment property. But more importantly, equally importantly, to give you a framework to building generational wealth. The class begins on January 4th. And here's the kicker. I'm only working with 10 students, only 10, only 10 students, because I really want to make sure these 10 are successful out the pipe. So I really want to work with you. So 10 students, if you're interested, contact me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072 if you're interested. You know, talking to these individuals, when you, when you start a new business, and this is essentially what it is, another business, you really have to do some analysis to figure out the product you're offering aligns with the need of the consuming public. And so I had to talk to a lot of people. I've been talking to a lot of people to gauge where they are, what their concerns are, what their needs are, and to see if what we created in respect to the online course is actually on track. And what was really eye opening about this experience is that I heard a lot of reasons as to why people can't or haven't got gotten started pursuing their dreams. You know, it's, it's, it's really a correlation between like someone's listening to this show and listen every single week and has an idea about why they want to get into business and, and they want to start a business. They got some kind of skill set that they've been trying to turn into a business for a number of years, but for some reason just hadn't been able to do it. And so, 
talking to people about the new eight-week online course for the game and trying to, to assess what some of their hurdles and obstacles were that was prohibiting them from getting started in real estate investing, I was able to hear just all these various reasons, and I'm not going to call them excuses, even though I, I want to call them excuses. I just say reasons to, to be politically correct this morning. But all the reasons why, money, credit, fear, procrastination, these are all the different reasons why I heard why people won't start or haven't started their real estate investment career. Those same reasons can be translated into why you haven't started that bakery, why you hadn't started that that clothing store, that T-shirt business, that 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 consultant agency, you know, that online boutique, whatever it was that you're thinking of. These are all the same reasons. And so here's my thought. Every single person I know. Every person that proclaims they want to be successful, 99% of them aren't willing to do what it takes to become successful. 99% of the people who want to be successful aren't willing to do what it takes to become successful. That's why I think a lot of times that when people contact me, I'm very, very open and sharing with them um, whatever I know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. You call me and ask me a question and you want to talk about something. I, I'll, I'll talk to you now again. Yeah, I do have like for real estate, you know, for the real estate business, I, I do have like, um, um, uh, consulting times and fees and things of that nature. That's just because I still have to make a living and I can't you know, just be talking to everybody free all day, every day. I can't do that. But for the most part though, you're going to get a lot more than what you ask for when you talk to me. And early on in my career, I was really skeptical about sharing, right? as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, for fear that someone else would take my idea or take the thing I was doing and use it and have more success for me. And then it dawned on me. It dawned on me. It dawned on me that truth that I just told you, that 99% of the people won't be willing to do what it takes to become successful. So I don't care about sharing, right? First of all, I want everybody to win, right? Everybody eats in Monday's world. I want everybody to eat. Everybody can eat. Everybody can be happy. I stole that from uh, Payton Ford. That's one of my favorite movies. Uh, side note. Nevertheless, I want everybody to eat. Everybody to be happy. Everybody's successful, right? So I'm going to share. But I also realize that 99% of the people aren't willing to do what it takes to be successful, right? So if I write a book called The Game and I give you a step-by-step proven strategies and tips on how to do X, Y, and Z. I don't really have to worry about competition from an investment, real estate investment perspective. There's too many properties out there anyway. Everyone can, can get properties. But, you know, the truth of the matter is people won't read the book or won't even buy the book, right? You got to be willing to do the work, people. That's my, that's my message. You got to be able to do the work. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die. Heaven is great. But you can't really get to heaven unless you go ahead and you, and you pass on, going on to the upper room. Everybody wants heaven. Nobody wants to die. Everyone wants to be successful. Nobody wants to work. Self-discipline. Self-discipline is at the center of bringing any dream to fruition. I don't care what it is. Working out. Starting a business. Good marriage. Raising your children. Self-discipline is at the epicenter of bringing any dream to fruition. 
Give me a call, 773-591-1690, 773-591-1690. We got the game changers on this morning, good people. Coming up after the break, we have the one and only. I'll call him number 15, my man. We'll talk about that. Uh, Mr. Amiel B. Harper will be joining us next here on the Urban Business Roundtable. What more can I say to you? Got a lot more I can say to you. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Coming up at 9.35, 9.35, we have Mr. Rendell L. Solomon, founder, One Stock, One Future, and the creator of the League of Superwomen, also an alum uh, of the uh, Impact Program and the 40 Game Changers. Speaking of the 40 Game Changers, every other year, Aerial Investments and WVN acknowledges 40 outstanding local business civic and community leaders uh, and their induction into an exclusive club we call the Game Changers. They represent the next generation of black leadership in Chicago, and, and this year's theme is Black Excellence Matters. And over the next few weeks, I have the pleasure to introduce you to a group of alum, of talented influencers who are part of uh, this great lineage. Also new this year, you'll get a chance to see the celebration of the new uh, inductees on Vaughn TV. 2020 has been an overwhelming year for most of us, but the 40 young individuals who will be inducted into this year's class continue to thrive. Uh, the 40 game changes, 40 and under. It's an exclusive feature of the Urban Business Roundtable and is presented this year by our friends at BMO Harris Bank. Our first guest uh, is the founder and principal of the Morpheus Consultancy LLC. The Morpheus Consultancy LLC was founded in 2017 out of a need for authentic and accessible strategic uh, advisory services. Uh, our guest left a successful career serving as a business leader in some of the world's largest public and private companies working on strategy, branding, business development, innovation, and leadership. You know, he has an extensive bio, right? But I'll be remiss if I didn't say this. This guy is probably... Uh, uh, as equally as one of the most intelligent people I've ever met, but also one of the most authentic people I ever met. And it's one of the things I had the pleasure of meeting with him and graduating with him from uh, Impact, uh, which is you know, given by the uh, the Urban League. And I'll, I'll say that our paths may not have ever crossed had it not been for the Urban League and the Impact program. But I'm so happy that they did. He's one of the individuals you don't talk to a lot, but every time you talk to him, you, you leave edified. Uh, and fulfill from the, the engagement. I want to say good morning to my guest this morning, Mr. Amiel B. Harper. Good morning to you, Amiel. How you doing, brother? Good morning, number four. How are you? <laughs> number 15. I'm cool. I'm cool, man. How you doing? Uh, it's, and I hope, man, as, as I tell everybody, man, as you and I talk, that you, uh, Tiffany, the baby, everybody you love in your circle are healthy and safe, man, doing this this tough time, brother. Yeah, we're very, very fortunate. Um that my family as well um we've had some close friends affected by i lost a good friend of mine in march from the pandemic uh, from covid but otherwise my immediate family my household is well yeah. and grateful for that yeah that's good this is um th this has been uh, unlike something that, that we've never seen before i think the only thing that gives me i mean every time i turn on the on the news I actually have to monitor myself these days because every time you turn on CNN or MSNBC, for example, it's just really, really more doom and gloom and, and it's kind of depressing. But the only thing that makes me uh, give me some relief, Amiel, is when I see like um, um, 
press conferences that Rudy Giuliani had the other day. Like that was hilarious, man. That was hilarious. Man. Hey, <laughs> people who work in media, like there's that. So part of what I do at my firm is uh, strategic communications, right? And so we talk a lot about not only like what you say, but how you deliver the message. And for somebody, I mean, like it's a great example of how if you don't manage. Shout out to Jeff Beckham, who I steal this quote from, who's also in our cohort. Um, uh, if you don't manage your narrative, someone else will. Uh, and you, you, you think about someone like Rudy Giuliani, who on September 12, 2001, was a global icon. Yes. And the fact that he has transitioned really spoiled that identity and legacy uh, and now become a joke. Yes. Right? Like it, it's, it's really unfortunate. But, I mean, I, where I see optimism is really in the fact that, like, things that we thought would have never, ever, ever changed in our lifetime, right? So the last time Georgia was blue was when uh, Bill Clinton was president. Right. right. Um, then now you can look and see, hey, if we focus on things like early voting, then all of the things that people do to, and, and really to try to disenfranchise voters um, won't happen, right? Like, shout out to Stacey Abrams. I, yes. I, I posted a while ago, like, listen, if you want, if it's something that's really, really important, Right. And I, I live this. If it's something that's really, really important and you want it done really well, ask the black woman. Yeah. Like that, that, that's the game. That's it. Like, I don't. But if you need to defeat a vice president in a debate, get a black woman. If you need to turn. <laughs> if you need to turn. Right. Like if you need to turn a state that's been red and is deeper red than it ever was thought to be into a blue state. Get a get black, black woman. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So if you, and like, we talked about this, like, so Curtis drops gems and he don't tell y'all, like, you gotta like rewind it. <laughs> Curtis said when I think we asked him to be the graduation speaker for um, the urban league uh, back when people got together at Google. Um, and, and one of the things he said was the difference between being a solopreneur, right? Uh, versus actually owning a business is that you have to have other people on your team who you're supporting. And if your team doesn't have any black women in it, you're losing. <laughs> start there. Right. Listen, I start there. Yeah. If you don't know any, if you don't know any black women, see um, CPAs, look around, ask around. If you don't know, if you don't know any black women lawyers, ask around. If you don't have anybody on professional services on your team who's a black woman, bro, you're missing. Absolutely. Like you're missing. Um, yeah, man, great advice, Amiel. Amiel, for, for for those who don't know about your business and what you do, tell us tell us about your business and what you guys do over at Morpheus. Sure. So, short version is we're a strategy firm. We help people grow. Um, we really focus our our um, current campaign is all about doing bigger, better. So, we work with for profit and non profit uh, entities to help them scale. Um, drive revenue, and then help them plan for their future. So people talk about strategic advising a lot, and what it really is is having a plan. Um, our clients vary from everything from multibillion-dollar companies um, who have a particular focus all the way up to some startups um, and nonprofits. Across the board, what we help them do is build their own capacity, right? So I, my goal with every client is to work myself out of a job. I help you not just – I show you what you can do, and then from there, our next step – is to get you enough reps where you're doing it, and then you're like, "Hey, I think we got this." Right. right? So we just—it's not enough. Like, if, if all your consultant does for you, or all any professional services person does for you, is do the thing, then you're dependent. 
right? Like I never want any of my clients to be dependent. I want them to learn the thing that we're doing so that they can do it their way and then they can own it, right? Because yeah. like, otherwise I, that's not ethical for me to create a dependency where if I pull out, you can't do that. If your accountant isn't teaching you how to read your P&L, get a black one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, uh, so we focus on helping people plan strategy, uh, business development, strategic communications. For for-profit and non-profit. Oh, and one more thing. If you have a non-profit, shout out to Rendell, who's going to be next, who has a non-profit. That does not mean you don't have, need a strategy. That doesn't mean you don't have a product, right? Um, working with some clients right now on transitioning from the model that used to be successful, which is, uh, you know, you do your annual gala, you fundraise, and then you do your feast or famine for the year off of that gala. Where now, 2020 said you can't, can't do that. Yeah, can't do that. Right? And yeah. so redefining and really refocusing on what your value add is and what it is you're delivering for your audience and why they're connected with that. I think it, it, it's pivotal, right? And if you don't do that, then you, you can't survive. Yeah. Our clients are, what's crazy is our clients are growing and, and growing significantly, yeah. um, but mostly because they are true to their core and their identity. And then we put a strategy and a plan around that that helps them to expand. You know, I mean, uh, disruptors in business have always existed. Just 2020 has just created one of the, 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 the biggest global disruptors we've ever seen. But I agree. A lot of entre- entrepreneurs I know are still very successful. Why? Because they've been able to uh, adjust and adapt despite the disruptor, right, of, exactly. of COVID. They've been able to look at their business and been able to figure out how they can continue to, to drive revenue bring great products to the market and still help their policy. I'm still up to clients. Tell me this scale. You mentioned this and I, I got to pick your brain on this before, before we transition scale. One of the things I, I hear business owners, always small business owners always struggle with is this uh, ability to scale up their operation to go from just, you know, being a, a mom and pop shop, so to speak, to being able to do it on a, on a larger, uh, on a larger platform. If you had to give one tip and I know you can't do it really in one tip, but you have to give me one good tip as to what entrepreneurs should think about who who have a desire to scale up, what would that be? Simplify. Like it, it really, I think where we get so and, and I focus on African American community because I believe that entrepreneurship is a pathway to freedom. Um, but I, I think that my answer is to simplify. There's mm-hmm. this myth that if you continue, that if you focus only on one thing, you're gonna miss out on all these like random other opportunities, right? Um, but it, what you find is, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, what you find is that if you aggregate all of those smaller, like reach out, quick turn opportunities, they actually don't have as high of an ROI. So one of my clients um, is a professional services firm, right? I got hired, and this was the, the problem that we were presented with was we feel like we're at capacity, but we're not maxing out revenue. So, like, if you ask, are we working enough hours? Yes. Are we working more than enough hours? Absolutely. However, what, what we're not doing is really breaking the bank. So we say, okay, cool. I, one of the things we ask for really simply is the client list, right? So give me your client list and revenue by client. What we find is that 85% of their revenue is driven by 15% of their clients, which means the other 85% of their clients is only generating 15% of the revenue. Right. So what we did is we said, okay, step one, raise price. You're doing the same work that you're doing. Someone is getting for a third or less of what these other firms are paying. Right. So, okay. But then we're going to lose, right? So there's this, this, there's this pivotal moment where, but then we're going to lose. 
Yes, but you need to create capacity. You need to create space. So we're going to simplify, right? There are certain operations that we can just outsource and get those things done, and we're going to do that. And any client that does not want that love that does that wants more high touch um, or more direct services, that client has to pay for those, right? I'll never forget working at Merrill Lynch uh, when our new CEO came on, and his name escapes me at the moment, but um, he came on, and if you didn't have a million dollars in cash, you got an 800 number. Huh. Everyone said, and then, so this is private wealth management. Everyone was like, what? I worked for a team of three uh uh, financial wealth managers, um, and they almost they flipped out. His, his response was, "Listen, our products are our products, our services are our services. We will deliver top-notch services, and everybody on it who answers that phone will be able to get all the information they need." However, it doesn't make sense for the same single hour you're selling it to somebody who has four hundred thousand dollars and someone who has four million dollars. So what you find is, for entrepreneurs, particularly in times of COVID, do one thing well. Focus on that one thing. And when you simplify, what you'll have is more time so that you can scale and reinvest the capital and reinvest the money, and it grows your margin. So we took that company that was around 400000 a year, got them, took the time away, right? So now they have more free time, got them three clients with over a billion dollars in revenue within 12 months, and they crossed $750,000 within 12 months. Absolutely so can, phenomenal. You can literally double your business if you do fewer things. So simplify. Great information, Amiel. Amiel, where can individuals find you and your business and what you guys are doing? Uh, MorpheusConsults.com is the website. You can always email uh, info, I-N-F-O, at Morpheus, M-O-R-P-H-E-U-S, consult, C-O-N-S-U-L-T-S.com. Um, yeah. So gotcha. Anything we can do to help, we're happy to do it. Absolutely, man. My brother, man. Keep up the great work, man. Uh, if we don't talk, happy ha- happy Thanksgiving, a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Same to you. And shout out to Chance the Baby. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> Later. All right. Bye-bye. One of our alum, 40 Game Changers. We appreciate you. I'm Mia Harper. Let's take a break. Come back on the other side. We got some more Urban Business Roundtable. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. If you're looking to get the framework to building generational wealth through real estate, if you're looking to be in a position to purchase your first profitable real estate investment property, uh, the game, how to become a successful real estate investor is going online. Uh, and so if you're interested about the eight week course, call me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. Uh, all uh, the, the upcoming shows from now until December 9th when we induct the new um, uh, the, the new uh, entrepreneurs into uh, the, the the group 40 Game Chambers. We're going to be bringing back past alumni, uh, individuals who really personify what the Game Changers means. Uh, our next guest is a managing director with uh, Muller and Monroe Asset Management, uh, he's also the founder of One Stock, One Future, uh, whose initiative or goal was to turn one million youth into public company shareholders. One Stock, One Future uses workshops to expose young people to stocks and ownership. Then, with generously funded or donated funds, uh, were, uh, as, district, as gift certificates, were able to help young students purchase company stocks so that each one can be able to open up their first investment account. He also is the creator of League of Superwomen. 
um, which is a networking and panel series designed to showcase women entrepreneurs and engage in a powerful discussion about entrepreneurship. I want to say good morning to my next guest. He's also an alum uh, of the 40 Game Changers, Mr. Rendell L. Solomon. Good morning to you, Rendell. How you doing? Brother Curtis, top of the morning to you. How are you? Man, I'm cool, man. I'm cool. And listen, I have to tell everybody to come on the show, brother. Man, I, I pray that you, family, everyone in your circle, your universe, are safe and healthy, man, during this, uh, during this crazy time, man. Thankfully, we are. I've had a, a couple of friends uh, catch coronavirus, but they're doing okay. Uh, sadly, lost my dad this summer, not to coronavirus, but you know, he, but did lose him this summer. And uh, for all the people who lost loved ones, whether due to the pandemic or otherwise, this is just a really tough time. It's hard to gather. You can't plan services appropriately. And um, so blessings to everyone who's had to, to deal with loss during this time period. Same yeah, to you, brother. Man, I appreciate that, Rendell. I lost my mom in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days before Thanksgiving. And so mm-hmm. I, I know how, how that can be, man. Uh, we got a term we say, man, something, when something just hit different. And yes. you lose, when you lose a parent, it just, I, I got to imagine the two things that hit different would be the loss of a child and the loss of a parent. It just, it just hit Absolutely. a little different, man. So um, prayers, it, it, it gets... It gets. It doesn't get easier. It gets um, right. something. Well, it gets manageable. It does, <laughs> yeah. it does become manageable. I've had this conversation about yeah. the evolution of dealing with uh, with loss like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does, man. Man, I, I'm 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 happy, man, that um you sharing some time with me and congratulations on all your success. As I was reading your bio, I'm like, what, mm-hmm. man, hey, how do we not how do we not run into each other sooner? And I said, B, well, what the hell do I talk about with this guy, man? He got he's got he's done like every he's like done everything. <laughs> Um, talk to us we about did. man. We, we we actually did cross paths. You were the speak. I was a judge with when Jason Johnson hosted oh, uh, at Google. League, uh, that yep at Google. At I, Google. I just, just texted him a second ago and I was like, I know Curtis. I don't know him, know him, <laughs> but I know him. You know. Oh man, that's cool. And, and Impact too. We got the Impact connection that's too, it. man. So hey, so pick. Uh, let me let me ask you this. Yes, sir. When did you first catch the orange? Well, maybe back up before that. West side of Chicago, mm-hmm. K-Town. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I grew up out south in what we call the Trey. And I'm always amazed at people who were able to uh, overcome their environment. Mm. What was your mindset? How, what, what was different about the way you thought about things that, that you felt led to, you know, your, your ability to become successful despite your, your environment growing up? Uh, great question, brother. I, I dedicate that to the grandparents and parents and their focus on not just covering our basic household needs, food, shelter, clothing. We grew up low income. I'm the oldest of three first generation college graduates. Uh, but there was an intense focus on getting that education, right? Cause that was the tool that my mom knew about that my mom and dad, that my mom and dad knew about. They weren't college graduates, but they knew that education at that time was one of the most powerful tools that they could provide us. And so I'm grateful, thankful, and blessed that you got three folks, three young people, me and my two sisters, graduates from Tulane Engineering, and both of them went to U of I, and then I went on to get my MBA from Columbia. But that whole time, there was this formula I had in my mind, go to school, get good grades, work hard, get a good job, make some money, mama don't have to work no more. <laughs> that was it, Curtis. That was like, literally, that was the formula for me. And I knew engineers got paid, and I was good at math, so I went to study engineering, and I got the job at P&T, <laughs> making $53,000 a year, 21 years old, boom, the, the, it was working. 
Yeah. And then after that, some things changed. We'll get into that, how I pivoted to do other things. But growing up, that was the mindset, brother. Yeah, 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 I got you. I, I, I tell everybody, man, that that growing up in an urban environment as an African-American, you, you, you have a unique disposition to be able to embrace entrepreneurship. If you just mm-hmm. look around your surroundings, because it's, it's all it's always there around us. When did the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial bug hit you? So it's interesting. I listened to you read the bio, which I'll be updating soon. So 24 hours ago, the bio would have been very accurate. Right. You didn't get the, you didn't get the update. It <laughs> is literally as of yesterday, uh, I decide I've left a 13 year career, uh, leaving a one point two billion dollar private equity firm. Wow. A lot of folks think I'm, a lot of folks think I'm crazy. Um, and I've written about this in a few places. I got a, a blog post on Medium about purpose and passion. Uh, and, and what happened is I realized that even though I'm right smack dab in the middle of, of capital, managing one point, helping to manage $1.2 billion, I recognize along the way that's still a small drop in the bucket of the $69 trillion with a T of assets being managed around this country. Right. And that the systemic racist issues that we see um, in our communities, in corporate America, and uh, criminal justice, the same one exists in the asset management business. Out of that $69 trillion, 1.3% of those assets are managed by women and minorities combined. You can imagine how small the black number is. So while I feel fortunate, blessed to have had the opportunity to be in this space, uh, connecting with billionaires, talking to the Bob Johnsons of the world, the Robert Smiths of the world, the David Rubensteins of the world, uh, and able to interact in that crowd, I recognize that I needed to take my time, talent, and treasure to push even greater to address racial inequity. And so that's sort of why that bio has changed. I am no longer a managing director at Muller and Monroe Asset Management. I, I love them. I worked with my mentor for 13 years, known him since I was 17 years old. But I needed to step away because I was constrained. And you asked the question about entrepreneurship. When you're working for someone, black, white, Hispanic, it don't matter. If you're working at a firm, there are constraints that are placed upon you in terms of how you spend your time, what you speak about, what you do even outside of that company. And I knew that I needed to have a more powerful vote and be more vocal about these issues in a way that I just couldn't in that role. Why? Because I still have to ask the same people that I'm challenging and criticizing for capital, Curtis. Yeah. And so yeah. I've decided to step away uh, no immediate plan yet. I'm launching a financial education program. Let's talk. We can talk a bit about the nonprofit entrepreneurial bug. Uh, but the first time I did it, I got in the music business in New York as an artist manager, uh, just because I thought it was something cool uh, to do. So that was the first time it hit me. Got you. I got you. Well, look, man, let, let, let me first tell you, Rendell, man, um, con- congratulations for, for, you, you, for, for you having the, the, the conviction um, and the courage to, to take that step. A lot of individuals, you know, won't, won't do that. And so it's obvious to me what the, what the next step is. I mean, that they, they didn't taught you the game. I was telling my dad that when I got some of my real estate education, I invested mm-hmm. a lot of ungodly money into that whole process to learn. It really yep. taught me. But what I learned from the whole process was that their real game was education. <laughs> and so I said, well, hell, they, they, they taught me the blueprint. Right. They, and so now I, I'll take what you taught me and I'll put my own little spin on it. I, I, my prediction for you is that eventually some state form of management, all those mm-hmm. 13 years and things of that, you now have a, a blueprint, a template to work from and, and be able to, to, to do it. And so I, I, prod, I applaud you. Um, tell us about the other two. Non-profit, tell us about the non for profit and then the other thing yeah. you do with women in respect to entrepreneurship. 
you got it. And I agree with you on that. You know, at some point, it may be your plan to, to launch a fund at some point. Uh, for now, I'm just taking three, four, five, six months off. I feel fortunate, blessed to be in a position with cash and liquidity that I can say, you know what, I don't need to work for six months. So I can just clear my head, read, reflect, review, reassess on what it is I want to do next, right? Yeah. Because these issues are huge. So I, I look forward to catching up with you more on those next steps. One stock, one future. Um, started that in 2016, exactly as you said. The mission is to turn 1 million youth into public company shareholders to give them a sense of hope, inspiration, empowerment, and opportunity through stock ownership. Learning early about this concept of ownership. I got the idea after buying stock for my niece, uh, Cadence. Bought her shares of Nike, Apple, Disney. That's not an endorsement of those companies. In case the SEC is listening, uh, <laughs> it is just I decided to get her brands that she would know. And yeah. I talk about this a lot more in my in my te- in my TED talk on, on after my uh, experience with her and how she reacted at eight years old. I said, wait a minute, what if I can get ten other kids, a hundred kids, a million kids to be shareholders of public companies? So my man Amiel was just on your uh, classmate from uh, Impact. Uh, we jokingly call ourselves uh, part of the Red Circle gang. You know, we've all we've done TEDx's and uh, Xavier Ramey done one, several other uh, peers and friends. Mine was called Sharecropper to Shareholder. Okay. Sharecropper wow. to Shareholder. So I encourage people, uh, I know you asked about uh, catching up and connecting later. Anybody who wants to learn more, hear more about that story, please visit Sharecropper to Shareholder dot com, where I talk about my grandmother who was picking cotton in Mississippi in the 1950s and her great-granddaughter, Cadence, at eight years old, has a portfolio that now consists of Nike, Apple, Disney, Starbucks, Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix, Tesla, Google, Uber, Dunkin' Donuts, and I probably missed one or two. Um, and that, and that, was, that was powerful for me. So I figured if I can do it for my niece, what if I can raise a few funds and do that for uh, a bunch of other young people as well? It's powerful when, when, when you uh, – the, the concept of exposure – when you yes. can be exposed to certain topics and certain disciplines at an early age, it becomes like a, a, a second nature. I think I read, mm. what's that? Was it Outliers? And I think it talked about Bill. Was it Bill Gates? And yep. he described himself as not being like the, the the most talented programmer. He just had enough at bats at it because why? He was exposed well, no. to com- computers. And so yeah, you can you can expose what you're doing, what you do with your niece. It's what I do with Chance. I bought, I bought Chance my my two year old. I bought him his first two flat. Um, and so we're trying to really expose him to these topics early on where it becomes like an ingrained behavior, <laughs> ingrained mindset. And, and let me add, let me add on to that real quick, Curtis, that, that idea that it's ingrained is as important, if not more important than the appreciation of the asset itself. Yes. What do I mean? What do I mean by that? Yes. Hopefully that, that, that asset generates cash flow and, and growth, but even if it doesn't, even if by the time, He's ready to take it on as, as an adult. It's lost value. There's still power in that ownership. And so I explain to people, one stock, one future isn't about some projected financial return from owning the stock. I sum up the mission of one stock, one future, and I tell the story about Cadence walking into a Starbucks with her mother, my niece, grabbing her mother by the hand and saying, Mommy, you know I own this place a little bit. <laughs> That's the mission, man. You can get a bunch of young people walking into McDonald's, Nike, Apple Store, uh, going up to uh, getting on a plane, American Airlines, Delta, Southwest. Hey, you know, I own this a, this a little bit. Yeah. Go talk to the lady at the counter. You know, you technically work for me. Like, I'm a <laughs> shareholder in this company. I appreciate your service, but I didn't like the way you talked to me just now. And I don't want my employees talking to people <laughs> like that. Like, that's the I like it. I like it. Of, of one stock, man. You get a million young 
kids of color and other underserved black kids, other underserved youth. That's the power in uh, in one stock, one future. Yeah, and it's funny, man. I, I didn't take it as what you said as an endorsement of those companies, but it's one of the basic yes, principles I teach anybody about investing. Invest in companies or businesses that you know, that you're familiar you know, about. That you know and use. Yeah. Like my first job, Procter & Gamble, I get back down to Tulane University, look in my dorm room. I realized I didn't spend all my money with these jokers <laughs> and didn't even know it. Tide, Cheer, Febreze, Crest. Charmin, Bounty, yep. Bounce. I was like, man, Procter & Gamble getting all my money. Yep. Might as, well own, might as well own a piece of it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the basic principles. You get started, look, what do you own? What do you use? What services or products do you buy? Those are the things you're probably most familiar yeah. about. Start there. <laughs> Hashtag ownership matters. And real quick on League of Superwomen, that was a way to do exactly what you talked about earlier in the segment. You talked about solopreneurs, right? Women, especially black women, the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in this country. What's the problem though, Curtis? The problem is most of them are solopreneurs. They don't generate the level of revenue that their white male counterparts generate. And a big part of that is, again, I'm just preaching to the choir, repeating what you already said and what you already know. It's about growth. There's a limit on growth. You need capital to grow. You need customers to grow. You need strategy. You need Amiel. That's what you need. You need Morpheus Consulting. And black women. You need need (laughs) Tiffany Harper. You know, yep. that's, that's, that, that's what you need to grow your business. And so I love seeing all these entrepreneurs. And I had peers in my network who I was, I was watching them build companies. And it was amazing to see as a private equity investor, right? I'm watching all these companies get bought and sold in industries that we know nothing about, the manufacturing stuff, like Chris Rockstead, the people that own the color blue. Let's start owning the stuff, the service businesses, the, the, the B2B companies as opposed to just lifestyle businesses, as opposed to just clothes or fashion or, or music. Those are amazing. But let's get behind that. Let's own the plant that makes those things, right? So when I saw what Christia Donaldson was doing, one of my really good friends at TGIN, also Impact alum, I was like, I want to showcase Christia. And you know what? I want to showcase Krishan. She's building Love Course Group. So I said, I just text them all. I said, guys, would you guys be willing to be on a panel? And I'm going to call it Legal Superwomen. And let's talk about growing and scaling your woman-led business. They were all down. And then, boom, it was an opportunity to, to showcase, highlight women entrepreneurs, building, growing, scalable businesses, and starting to build a network where they'd have the resources, tools, and the networks to take their companies even further. Man, that's phenomenal, Rendell. Man, I, I want to, again, applaud you uh, for, for all that you're doing, for being a game changer. Um, and continue, brother, the, the success. Um, gonna, I want you to give your contact information where people yes, can sir. reach you. And then when you, before you hang up, the engineer is going to make sure that you got my information so we can stay connected. Right, right on time. I appreciate the time, Curtis. Shout out to uh, WVON, the Urban Business Roundtable. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Easiest way, follow me on IG at Rendell underscore Solomon. And definitely check out the sharecropper to shareholder a website. I'm, I'm building my personal site uh, right now and a couple of other ones, but check out Sharecropper to sh- uh, Shareholder, which will take will take you to the YouTube video. And Curtis, I want you to keep that same energy, man, because if things go sideways, I done left this multi-hundred-thousand-dollar-a-year job. Uh, things go sideways for me in nine months, I might need a couch to crash on. So please, I, I, I got please, please keep that same energy, brother. <laughs> no doubt, man. Be safe, man. Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving, Rendell. You got it. Same to you, man. Later. Man, great information, man. Great people. Game changers. Truly, truly game changers. That is what it, you guys are in store for. Again, coming up, I think, December 9th. December 9th is the next induction of the next uh, game changers. 
uh, brought to you by uh, our friends at BMO Harris Bank, uh, Aerial Investments, and then also WVON. So we appreciate you, man. Phenomenal show. As always, thank you to uh, good friend Sonia Levine, our producer, rather, Sonia Levine, who is the Holy Spirit. We never see her, but she's omnipresent. My man, Mighty Titus on the ones and twos, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you. For those interested, my phone's been blowing up. You, you're looking to be a part of the There's an eight-week real estate course teaching you how to become a successful real estate investor, helping you build confidence, putting you in a position to buy your first profitable investment property and learning the framework for building generational wealth. If you're interested, call me at 708-505-7072. I'm going to take a break. When I come back on at 11 o'clock, I got She Flips, He Flips with EJ Williams, and we got the band, all our, all our team. Our entire team is going to be joining us on She Flips, He Flips. I got to get out of here. I don't do this for my first name. I do this for my last name. So Chance, Jordan, Monday, Daddy loves you. I appreciate you so much. Say what you want to about me, but always know that I did it my way. God bless.